0: February 4th, 2018, it's a watch from Pedro show. two, three. Yeah, there you go. Back in action. Back in action, yeah. Uh, yeah, first show of February 2018. Beautiful day. Yeah, yeah. People are freezing back there. We got it nice. We've got Cleveland in the house. Yeah, Cleveland. Escaping the snow to come to Pedro. Three to five inches today. (laughs) Uh, We start off the show with a John Coltrane doing Training In Live Stockholm, 1963. Then we had Sad Planets out of this world, which is a new project. John Peckovich, uh, Tell us
1: something about small planets. Sad planets. Sad planets. But it's uh yeah it is, it's this small faces. It's like it's weird you know the the it's a project that I'm doing with uh with Pat a uh, friend of mine Patrick Carney and he's the nephew of Ralph Carney and we actually became Sex man. we became friends after um you know many years ago through uh, you know through Ralph because Ralph played on Cobra Verde records and uh and so that Pat lives in Akron and I well, live so, in... I Lee. think
0: Ralph Carney was Tim Huey.
1: He Houston, Tin yeah. Which
0: most people don't know it, but there was an Akron scene. An
1: Akron, yeah. Numbers band. And... Yeah, the weird thing is the Cleveland and Akron scene were both so inter- intertwined. Yeah. A lot of those bands played together. Devo would play a lot of, with Peru right. and Cleveland. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's... it's Tanner's
0: brother as... was the Numbers guy, right?
1: What's that? Kidney. Uh, Robert Kidney is in, in there, yeah. Yeah, and Chrissy Hine's brother, Terry Hine, also played a Numbers band. Uh, but, you know, it's, like such, it's, a, it's a weird thing because I was actually was born in Akron... And uh, so I've always had this like. We did
0: have a band come to Hollywood in the early 80s called Rubber City Rebels.
1: Rubber City, yeah, yeah. They and and they, they were an Akron band, too. They were trying to make it. And yeah. They
0: would always. They, and they were they really like. we have a special sound, but uh, they, they used but to But the thing talk is, the Rubber that.
1: City Rebels were. Big, uh, they were good friends with the Dead Boys. It's like weird. Every band had like a, there was almost like sister cities in a way, but they also had sister bands in a way. You know, like Devo and Perubu would play. Rubber City Rebels would play with the Dead Boys and the Pagans. Who lived, uh, Mike Hudson passed away uh, a couple months ago. Here in SoCal. Yeah. Yeah, he lived out here.
0: His last years. He was doing writing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was a good friend of mine, Ran a
0: newspaper for a while, I think in Hudson or upstate In in Niagara
1: Falls. He was like a guy who ran this. uh, Niagara. He was a Niagara Falls guy. And the no, th- when
0: I brought the Italian guys. What's that? When I brought you know to De when we were going from Buffalo to yeah, or you know, Cleveland to Buffalo, and we go by and they, Niagara. Yeah, yeah, Niagara. Yeah, Niagara. That's my
1: parents <laughs> did all the time. They're like, we, as kids, we'd always get, you know the thing is it's so weird. I thought about Niagara Falls driving around Los Angeles uh, yesterday. I was driving in these in these in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. To, I was doing photos, taking photos, and I have, have this fear of heights. It's insane. So, uh, it's but I the reason this started, I was a kid, I tried to jump into Niagara Falls, but my Whoa. brother pulled me out. Oh, good. Because I was like trying to get close. I wanted to I was always wanted to get good good sight of sight and take good I didn't have a camera or anything, but I was even as a kid, I was like and my brother pulled me out and I was like today I was just every time I go Yesterday, every time I drive in mountains and hills, I always keep have these flashbacks to when like I almost fell in Niagara Falls or Niagara, as my my family's from Serbia from former uh-huh. Yugoslavia. So they'd always go either more Niagara, you know, okay. like it was like this big thing. I well, mean, they
0: like... don't understand that it's actually a native word, and then we're using the English language that follows no fucking consistent vowel rules. <laughs> yeah, Niagara. <laughs> but then we say shit like panini. Yeah. You know, that's sandwiches. Yeah, you yeah. Can have some sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. What about thirty or forty of them? Yeah. You know. <laughs> look, look, look. Let me ask you. Your earliest music memory? Um,
1: Fuck the sad planet. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll to, get that, to that. that. But the thing is, as a, as a kid, man, I just I love music. As from when I was yeah, like, what's your so earliest young, memory? Uh, this song called "Lion Sleeps Tonight." Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I had this forty five. The, the guy just
0: passed away. Sang. Oh really?
1: The Tokens. I love that. Right. I love that forty five. I were teenagers. I saw... They were. They were really young. Oh, I didn't young. know that. Yeah, but it was my favorite song. I'd listen to it like I probably was—I don't know—like three years old or something like that. And was then, that, like
0: coming out on the radio, or did your folks? Ever no, listen?
1: I bought me a forty-five. My my, my godfather bought me a forty-five. Okay. What's the
0: first record you bought yourself?
1: Uh, The Beatles' Help. There's a single called Help. And no, no, no. Uh, uh, I'm down. I remember I'm down, and, and, and
0: where'd you buy? Because it? it was the I'm B sure it's side. Where you bought
1: it? It was the B side of Help. I think I'm did down. You buy it at a record store or did at a drugstore? Drug store? At a record store, the uh, one okay. in Parma. Because
0: I bought my first forty-five yeah. from a the drug. They used to sell these things yeah, at the yeah. drug drugstore.
1: Dude, I did too. There's a compilation called "Do It Now." This compilation that I bought at a drugstore. I mean, I grew up in Parma, this town that everyone makes fun of. They call me Parmesan. You, I've know, seen they, it. you know, yeah, it's funny. They go, like, "Oh, he's Parmesan." And well, uh,
0: Parma an Italian town.
1: But it's like Parma is like that's it,
0: where we get Parmesan cheese. Yeah, Parmesan. <laughs> so that's what
1: they call me. So it's cheesy, but that's what they call. It. But anyway, it's, it's funny. Try cheese. Yeah. Man. But the thing is, it's so funny. Like Parma is made fun of by everyone in Cleveland. It's uh, for a long time was seen as a working class, kind of like a a dump. But it had Palookaville. so many. We yeah, had Palookaville, but it had so many great uh, comic book shops, poster okay. stores. Uh, record stores, yeah. there's a movie theater. It had, it was like a real hub for, it wasn't a hub for high art, but it was a hub for B culture and weird culture. And man, I'd buy records. I remember, and, and the thing is, is, people always say, What is that record to change your life? i like, Well, I don't think a record changed. I going to ask you that. No, but I always thought record covers, man. As a kid, sure,
0: I, of course, I, I found That's
1: like a big part of it. I was, I found like there's a record store when I found that Velvet Underground loaded record. Yeah. I saw that picture. I go, man, I I don't even know what the Velvet Underground sounded like. Third That's why people, I didn't need a Big Brothers. like, I just want, I want to buy that. you
0: Your brothers, right?
1: Yeah, but I love that record. Then I go, oh man, oh <laughs> yeah, White Light, White Heat. Wow, who would do a cover like this? This is so cool. Oh well,
0: yeah, it had embossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: right? yeah. It and I just stare at the covers as though
0: the man is yeah. kind of like embossed. It was kind of higher mm. that, that, I guess it's the fucking scissors going to the, yeah. the dude's head <laughs> and you know the, the, the weird thing
1: then I saw yeah. the Rock and Roll Animal I saw um, I saw the Transformer I saw uh, the the Stooges the uh, first record I bought was, was Raw Power because I just saw all these oh and Queen and I go man these are so cool and it was all Mick Rock that took the photos, you oh, know. Yeah, right. So that's why I just started buying. Wow. I bought so much shit, and it's like In fact, it, those are
0: the only pictures of the gig. That's their only. European yeah, yeah, gig. yeah, yeah. Okay, talk about gigs. What's the first gig you went to?
1: Uh, as a kid. Or uh, well, as an old man? I mean, what's the first? No, the first well, gig, well, the first gig <laughs> I went to was. Uh, uh, man, I probably saw. I think I saw ACDC as yeah. a kid. I saw, but the first, like, rock concerts yeah. I started to see, I saw the Gang of Four, as I'd get fake IDs right away, I saw Gang of Four was the first show. Oh, man, but that was some the of the, the weird thing is... You didn't some, see
0: arena rock stuff.
1: Not really, no. It's okay. No, I didn't really... <laughs> no, but no, no. So the first <laughs> punk rock shows that I that saw... I just mean when you see the people see play in, instruments. Yeah, but the Minutemen was one of the first, like, like punk rock shows. But then also, okay. this band, like, this these bands playing Akron... Akron, again, is Akron and Cleveland had a real... Like I always thought affinity with Akron because I thought Devo was from there, okay. you know, I loved Tin Huey and other all these weirdo bands, the Bizarro's, it was like that was a great name. It's like they live up to the the, the, the you could tell they'll cover the, the book by this cover because they were the bizarro's in there and they were bizarre. And I was like, so I go down to Akron and I loved Akron. Then. I don't know,
0: berserkly I remember there was that label and some of that stuff was kinda of great kin.
1: But, oh, dude, no. <laughs> but but check this out. But, so Akron, to me, was like the coolest place because yeah. Akron looked like some place that had not changed since like 1962. It was like all the buildings, and it still has it. We could drive down. If I took you out on a tour at Akron, you'd say, yeah. man, the only thing these buildings look like, they look weathered, weathered and I, broken tell down. But about
0: Akron that's close to a college, Kent. Yeah. Right, Kent State. I remember playing a place called Mother's. Dee bought a Telecaster in Kent.
1: Yeah, Ohio. I saw that show that you guys played. Mother, upstairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I
0: think the only time we played that down. Yeah, and D Boone got a telecast I loved
1: cat. I loved the shows. But what I'm saying is, I used to go to these punk shows, and I didn't even know like, it's like these people throwing shows in basements and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So as a kid, and I was just like, I just barely like I couldn't. My brother drove. Older brother would drive, and I'd go. I was like, well, I'm what like
0: about, okay. What about playing? Was there instruments in the house?
1: My parents were. It was very. but My parents grew up in a very. My, I, there was an accordion. I played clarinet as a kid. I started playing clarinet at the no, age. of you did
0: clarinet later too.
1: Yeah, but I played clarinet when I was like seven. The thing is, it's funny, I started playing... How'd you uh, get
0: on the clarinet? School or... I went to... No,
1: I went to the music store. Uh, uh, They said, oh, well, we should have our son learn a little bit about music. Even though my parents hated rock and roll. They absolutely hated rock and roll. Yeah, but
0: they like slab music, polka, cola...
1: No. no, not really. I mean, they were the not Serbs really. They are
0: big on the brass band stuff. They
1: lo- they, yeah, they dig the brass band music. That's what they like. But I think, so then I went to the music store. I go, we want you to pick pick out an instrument to play it. I'm like, oh, you know, clarinet. Oh, clarinet's a beautiful instrument. We like clarinet. I go, how about piano? And I like piano a lot. And I go, and I started playing notes. And I just started, I always would sing along. I, even when I didn't have music, I'd just play along to any, like I had to, like, a uh any kind of string things that would make the sound of rubber bands and sing along to them. So I just started playing the piano, and I started singing. But I couldn't play the piano, and I couldn't sing. And they're like, you oh, know you what? Oh, there's
0: a piano in the house?
1: No, at a music store. Oh, the they store. said, well, you want to take lessons playing piano? Okay. You want to take lessons playing piano? Well, here, try it out. And I started singing. Like I do, I'd sing to rubber bands as a kid. Okay. And uh, they, they go, my God, this kid is so bad. How are
0: you going to sing with a clarinet in your mouth? Well, that's why they oh, had okay. me playing
1: the clarinet. Because they knew <laughs> that my voice, they thought my voice was so awful. They were like, Ah, you're a good singer, Joe. No, man. They thought it was so bad. And then I first played my first show. Death of Samantha played our first show. I worked at a restaurant called The Ground Round. You guys ever hear it? It was a chain restaurant around the country. I was a janitor. Midwest. And I got fired for that job four times. And finally, the last time was when my band played, and they told me, don't ever come back. But I'd always get fired. But I was a good worker, but they thought I was a smartass, you know? Uh, So the boss... The main boss, he'd make fun. Of, oh, you have these terrible bands. You listen to this garbage music all the time. I had radio. I'd listen to this garbage music. He thought, and uh, so you listen to this garbage music. So, hey, what? Well, how about I'm, when I'm on vacation? How about you get your band to play here? And he was joking, making fun of me because he thought I couldn't play or had no talent. But one of the assistant managers heard that, and he was this guy very earnest, very straight. He believed everything. And he goes, oh, so when that guy left, he goes, so when's your band playing? I go, well, um, oh, I guess cat. we're gonna play Tuesday. Yeah, for Wings Night. They had Wings Night, Chicken Wing Night, on Tuesday. And I, we didn't even have a band. It was me and the two two other guys in, that started Death of Samantha. We were just jamming in a basement. We didn't even have songs. We didn't make noise. And we played this thing. We go, okay, let's bring our equipment. And we put on, we didn't have a name of a band or anything. The guy goes, how about Death of Samantha? I go, okay, that'll look good on the marquee, because they put these letters up on the marquee, like Potato Skins, three ninety nine, and then Death of Samantha.
2: <laughs>
1: and it was like... The crazy thing is back then you put like, they were like, what the hell is death of Samantha? Like they probably thought someone at the staffs died or something like that. So we had this chicken oh, wing really? night and it was so bad sounding. Yeah. I mean, to these guys, it was bad because they were like coming in for their chicken wings. They people throwing chicken wings. they were like, these guys were grabbing his popcorn. They had these free popcorn you could give away. One of the places where you do the free popcorn and peanuts. They started throwing peanuts at us and popcorn. So didn't go over it did not go well at all, but everyone left. And if people left, they got mad. They didn't pay, pay their bills. And the waitresses got so mad. They're like, this guy, he's like, this guy's an asshole. He's just like doing this to cause trouble. He's trying to ruin our tips. Yeah. And I got fired after that. That was the last time I worked there. But anyways, the thing is, it's so funny is yeah. suddenly this band where you think about punk rock. I didn't even, I, I love, I never thought about punk rock. Yeah. To me, I loved Alice Cooper. I loved Creedence Clearwater Revival and The Cramps were the same band to me. Flipper, Velvet Underground, White Light, White Heat and Velvet and Flipper. It was the same band to me. I mean, like, Man you guys were just like, I don't know, like a rock and roll band. I didn't even think of it as being some weirdo music because I grew up as a kid, the first thing I liked, I loved Alice Cooper early on and, and I'd go back to Yugoslavia a lot my, where I'm from. fan They'd always be playing me all this kind of music and stuff like that. So there was none of this punk, this and this. So the funny thing is, Death of Samantha, after we played his Chicken Wing Night, was the talk of the town in Cleveland. There the people wrote these stories about us and stuff. We were like this big band, like the punk uh, provocateur band. And we had no interest in being provocateurs. I just was playing a Chicken Wing Night because I wanted to cause trouble at work, you know.
0: Yeah, and you did.
1: It was, it, but anyways, we became this big celebrated band. We, like, was, yeah, we well, were a celebrated band. We had no songs. Well, let's play you know?
0: Death of Samantha. Here's a... Well, come on. There was a scene there earlier. In fact, here's a cover you guys did. Amphetamine,
1: right? On. Yeah. Oh no, that we no we that's our song. It's
0: not the Pete.
1: Uh, no, that's not the Pete But he did a song. We didn't even know that he who he was. We did a song called The Fame Because I used to always like. I was always like so uh, hyperactive, and I like I like I I was always like well, I was.
0: Want... Is obviously he's been listening to Velvet a
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you know the thing is what
0: he do... calls You're... Your well, I was going to say yours is so different. Yeah. I, I, I that was some interpretation.
1: But you know what the funny thing is. I know it was his it was original, but yeah, yeah. that I was like always. I've always had this paranoia that I'm not. I want to do more, more, more. I've always been like I would never sleep, and so I would like even though I was hyperactive as a kid, I would still like always like like I was into like taking speed and stuff as a kid. Well, it but, seems like
0: Peter was.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But you know the funny thing is, <laughs> yeah. uh, that single we had the single the we we had a single out, and before the single even came out, Byron Coley. I don't know how we found out about this band, but he ordered like 25 copies. Well,
0: Byron was yeah. a. He knew about and that. Uh, but we didn't seen. even have a record out. No, first but this record. is what Tippy was on. He was always. He knew everything. He was part of this kind of network. Yeah. Where dudes, yeah. So
1: suddenly, like, these people were interested in this band, and it's like, well, there's not really a band. Well, you
0: know, yeah, but also the scene is small enough where you could keep track of the punk bands. Yeah. You know, then it turned to a point where you couldn't keep up anymore.
1: But that's the thing is it's weird about... I don't know, like, I can't... People say, oh, what is the difference in the times? I don't know if it was better or worse. Because there's always good... No. And there's always good and bad at every time, no, you know? No, it's I all agree, the same. I but I do remember, like, like when we were on... Uh, Death Samantha was on Homestead Records. Yeah, and
0: Byron
1: uh, was good funny with uh, Gerard. <coughs> yeah, Gerard. And he ended up, like, he didn't even have, We didn't have an album. He was like, hey, would you guys uh, be interested in doing something? And uh, But I remember, like... And I almost think maybe cuz I, I think they were trying to get people on that label that were maybe kind of just I don't know really excited about music in every town yeah. because like it's Sonic Youth Q- a
0: version of yeah. SST.
1: And like I don't like a uh, That's
0: the way I saw it, it was a lot different. Yeah.
1: Very label. different. Yeah.
0: But in the way the the ethic was the same. Yeah. Not going really for a, a label sound more for for an attitude, Yeah. And yeah. Later on, it seemed the labels went for a brand. Sand, yeah, yeah, like totally. Fat Records, you know. what Yeah, bass, yeah, sure. Uh, Epitaph. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that with Homestead and SST. You no. You didn't really know, because the bands, they, they let them be.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember like then. I'm not
0: trying to say better or worse. but No, I kinda of like, course. I kind of like the. But I like
1: enthusiasm and attitude, sort of man. I like the, what you're what you about.
0: And the, the idea of branding, it seems like you're trying to kick something yeah, to hide something to belong. Yeah. That's always scary. We, let's oh, to but you. anyway,
1: so check this out. So, like, they had like I think they wanted me to get they had get bands shows on their label because they're like we they oh yeah let's sign, let's sign. like, hey, could you get a Sonic Youth show? They're looking to play yeah, somewhere. Of course. And then Thurston calls me up and go, hey, would you want to play? Yeah. I go, yeah, sure. There's a motorcycle bar. That'll just I mean, it was like two minutes, two weeks before they were going to come to Cleveland. No, you know, no,
0: I believe... Look, man, it was about people in those days. It still is about
1: people. And you could get... So you make connections, But right? you could get a ton of people. You get no press whatsoever. And I, you just call people well, up. I'm talking That's about the, direct connect. Yeah.
0: Oh, man, when I found Raul, and this scene in the 90s happening here, they, were, they weren't even using the biker bar. They were using living rooms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These bands doing whole tours, and they play houses. Yeah. They don't play one club. I go to this place on 4th Street here. There's bands from, you know, Brooklyn and Portland. Yeah, yeah. And they playing Living Room. And, uh, you know, they've got their merch and their own little... Yeah. Uh, only thing that bummed me out, it could have been a little more wild with the music. Yeah. <laughs> That's what always bummed me out about hardcore a little bit. Because yeah. Because I always loved the spirit and the, the spirit more than the spirit. Yeah, the thing is... But that, then when it came to the music...
1: It, it was like was fascism. Regular. Dude, it was like fascism to me. <laughs> I could never get into hardcore. It was let's,
0: like... Let's hear you. All
1: right. Yeah.
3: A subway station, you enter a hole in the ground, and it's damp, and you're in an auditory house of mirrors. You have a feeling of entering into an altered state of consciousness when you're on a subway platform waiting for a train. Time seems to stand still, and yet your sense of it is highly attuned. And people's behavior is similar to that of animals in cages, some pace absently up and down the platform. Some sit or lean against the wall or a pillar, staring blankly into the middle distance. The platform is dimly lit, and there are the tile walls covered with defaced advertisements. The concrete floors, the endless succession of columns and girders, lines of force stretching in front of you, and down into the tunnel. And you can see that originally the subway stations were fine examples of innovative, urban, classic architecture. Once noble monuments to the ingenuity and the determination of a confident and prospering city. But now they're besmirched, soiled, degraded and defiled. In the old days the cars had fans, stuffed wicker seats, handles on leather straps, a quaint metropolitan Art Deco style but now the seats are cast out of a plastic mold. The handles are of metal. In the whole turnstile experience, the pelvic movement necessary to push your way through a turnstile had a peculiarly suggestive feel to it, He thought. If one were to remove the turnstile, but have everyone go through the same motion as they passed into the subway, the sight of strangers from all walks of life queuing up to take one strong pelvic thrust at one another from behind and serve as a fine metaphor for the human condition. Early morning in the subway is a special time. The stations seem cleaner, the air fresher, and from 4.30 to 6.30 a.m. are the hours when the night people and the day people cross paths. When the tired party goers, the musicians and waitresses, the dishwashers, janitors, night watchmen, the pimps and the whores, meet the early morning shift, the workmen, the domestics, the students who have to travel a long way. He liked standing on the platform and riding the subways at that time, and that's what he missed about his job at the church. And he liked the idea of an underground city, the sense of human ingenuity, humans conquering the elements of living in a completely artificial environment, like the kind of environment that might be built out in space or after a nuclear holocaust, long stretches of hallways with multi-level tiers, ramps, railings, escalators, rows of lights and columns. In some of the larger stations, the express stops, they sold food, clothes, books, records, newspapers, magazines, candy. You could even get a haircut or a shoe shine. You could buy a token, go into the subway, and you could travel any place in the city for free, for years, as long as you never came out. You can live below the surface of the earth. The place where Christianity had its first expression in Rome was beneath the surface of the city, in the catacombs, the very bowels of the city where Christians buried their dead, where existed the great cities, of the dead.
0: Show we heard that uh, amphetamine, that's Samantha, Soli, that's got spit sticks. We had him on last Oh, yeah, week. yeah. Fear drummers up in Portland now. Giving lessons people learn. And that was Papichulo. Not Cholo. <laughs> Subway stations are an underground world from Joe Frank. Lost him last month. Scarcity tanks, that's the Cleveland cat. Matt Waskovich. Wasco. Every little pose. Wasco. John? So,
1: i I love Matt. I mean, he's a. The oh, so well, there's a it,
0: brand new scarcity of tanks. I know.
1: Record. Well, there's a brand new scarcity of tanks record always coming out. I mean, <laughs> if I come out here in three months, there'll be another one. The thing is, it's funny. Like, you look at places in Cleveland. I I think that that Matt there is um there is there there is a mentality in Cleveland yeah. where it kind of like out with Verde, we used to always call it uh the Cleveland nasty, and we always think you know it's like better
0: than the steamer. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's better than the. It always was
1: like you know you go places. And you go to—it's always—it's kind of like why keep up with the Joneses when you can bring them down to your level. Yeah, right. And it's like basically like fuck you. I want to do what I want to do, and I don't care what 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 you think. that Matt, Matt I, what I like about Matt, I think he has a real, kind of real Cleveland kind of like I'm gonna knock this out, and I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna plow out plow out the next record. It's kind of an Ohio thing too in general.
0: Well, Baltimore, end of uh, peak flamingos. I'm gonna do it my way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Man, you know, I was in, dude, I went on a tour. Are you, you going to read up stuff? What yeah, do you Yeah, we
0: read? got some more stuff. Uh, in those days, the Bloomin' from Farther South, uh, Disciplina Kichman. Yeah, yeah. Brother Koya, yeah. Acotille Glasno. And uh, Vasco Adanasaki out of uh, Sol Skopje with uh, So Arjengo Kete Te demo. And finally, Riot Industry, Cobra Verde. I used to cover this song. I love it.
1: And you were in the video. And
0: I'm in the video in a,
1: ba- a bathrobe. flannel, flannel bathrobe.
0: In a bathrobe, uh-huh. dude. I, for, I had a had flannel shirt. In there. Uh, I brought a flannel shirt. Who's fishing? Dolomite.
1: No. Who's fishing?
0: Just passed away.
1: George Went Yeah. Uh, George Wendt is in it.
0: And Dolomite
1: is in it too. That's Dolomite right. is in it. February second, two
0: thousand eighteen. No, it was February 4th. <laughs> Special guest John Peckovich, whole time for hour yeah. two. January. Oh, f- were you th- saying about Wasco, though? Uh, we, oh. February 4th, 2018. It's the second hour. What for Pedro Show? <laughs>
4: Days a uh, day high. jealous of a vibrator. Vibrator. I'm a lover and not a hater. Not a hater. Orgasms are friends of fair weather. fair weather. She likes us both, let's work it out together. Work it out together. I'm not jealous of a vibrator. vibrator. I'm a lover and not a hater. Not a hater. Orgasms are friends Fair weather, fair weather. She likes us both. Let's work it, out together. work it out together. I'm not jealous of a vibrator. Vibrator. I'm a lover and not a hater. Not a hater. Orgasms are friends of oh,
2: fair, fair weather. I have tried.
0: Visa with Everybody Knows. Enco from Duasemi Colacelli Asvin Verdes. Feo with Mora Mardana. Cannonball Frog here. I'm not jealous of a vibrator demo from uh, MB Jones. Got it by Voices with Keep Me Down, Sweet Apple, A Girl and a Gun. So people, we were talking about the genesis of Sweet Apple. It comes out of a crisis. Uh, John lost his ma. And lost a lot of weight. Was smoking cigarettes and driving a lot. Kind of wild ass. In fact, right out of Cleveland, east of, uh almost Vermont. When he called up Dave Sweet after.
1: Yeah, he called me. He goes, "Where are you? Where, he, where are you? Are yeah, you? Where he goes, are "Where I are you? you? I have no idea where Sorry, I am." So.
0: He calls John, and John says, "You don't really know, but maybe I'm. You know, I'm close. And come on over." And then this is a kind of a tri-state area with Vermont, New York, and Massachusetts all come together. So Jay Mascus isn't that, that far. He comes and drives up. And then John feels like a whole bunch of songs inside him got unlocked from this kind of thing. And he just let out all these all this tunage. But he thinks this stuff might have even been there before. And it didn't come on from the sitch. It came on maybe from... So he says it's kind of like amnesia, where it's just something hits you and it triggers in all these memories that you thought were gone. And they turned out to be songs and tunes. And so that's where the first Sweet Apple album came. Uh, and then they've done a couple others since. This is the third one here. Which was the, what's the title of this one?
1: Uh, Sing the Night in Sorrow.
0: See? Wow, so it's still on a sad vibe?
1: Well, but you know, but no. the thing is, is man, I'm thinking is, what? the sadness is, we have so much light. Like I was thinking, you know, people oftentimes historically think that terrible things happen when it's dark, right? Yeah. But we live in a world increasingly where there is limited darkness. It's yeah, all course. light at every turn. You got these phones that are light. you got lights flashing. Yeah. You got the government can be trailing every yeah. move where you're going. You know we have so much light that you cannot hide, yeah. and that's the sadness. I think the 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 the, the sorrow will come it, it, when when imagine like a, a, I was, I had these things. Sometimes I had to like wake up at night. I can't sleep a lot of times. And I keep imagining, man, I'm gonna. There's gonna be a period of time where I'm not gonna be. Able, there'll be a light everywhere at every turn. It'll be lights from these phones. It'll be, you know. But you see, there's so many TV sets people yeah. watching. And I, that's quite a lot of times, man. I love my cat. I, I really, my best friend that I came also with the sweet apple thing around that time. My cat was like my best buddy. And I came to like look at an animal. Yeah. You spend time with an animal. There is. It, there is. The outer world doesn't exist anymore, and you think sometimes you look at an animal. And you yeah. spend all this time with a cat, and it's just sitting there with you, and it's, it's like hanging out with you. Yeah. And you think, you know, the one, the person that wants to be efficient in life says, "I'm wasting all this time." Yeah. But you're gaining philosophically, I think, sure, because you are understanding the life span of that cat. Is you must appreciate this life span of that cat. You must take. You must give rather than just to get. Yeah, empathy. You know, you know what I mean. And I think that, you know, I think that's why I think is that I was thinking in that in those terms that, you know, that we do we the, the darkness is something that I find a beautiful period where you are liberated where you don't where no one doesn't sees what yeah, you're doing. tomorrow
0: night I get to go to the desert because uh, Larry, he's Ooh. doing a the cat I did the last two years of uh, Stooges touring with. He's producing a. Record from a singer in France. So I'm at, at that ranch of De La Luna, uh. and there's something about the desert. You can actually yeah. see stars because yeah, <laughs> we have all the lights yeah. going. We got so much yeah. lights going.
1: Yeah, dude, it's insane. It's like it's insane, and the idea that you have to always like oh the news cycle is 24 hour news yeah. cycle, and I work also. I work at a, at a newspaper, and yeah. you see like you see this bizarre, twisted, obsessive like
0: moment to moment.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. You know,
0: it's not uh, maybe not that healthy. Not that healthy. You know, makes us anxious. Makes us kind of getting a weird kind of unreality. Even the reality. anger,
1: even the anger you have, people yes. have. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't have that anger. You know, I really don't. I mean, I might feel angry in the moment at certain things. Philosophically, I always think it's like, I mean, I grew up in a very different situation where my family was very anti-me playing music. They hated me playing music. They thought I was like a no talent bum, and and I kind of came to appreciate that. And that, you know, my parents were like. You know, you didn't, I had a really hardcore group in a hardcore environment. So little things, that never really got to me that much, you know. I, I, just, I, just, I, I lived a secret life. I never told my parents where I'd be going on tour. i go, oh, I'm going on a vacation with some friends. Oh, yeah, well, where are you going? I was like, oh, I don't know, a couple places around here. Yeah. You know, I was learned to be like vague and maybe evasive. Maybe that's not a good trait, to be vague and evasive. Well, it worked and
0: for Clark Kent. Yeah, it sure
1: did. <laughs> and uh, right,
0: Wasn't that invented in Cleveland?
1: He, yeah, the guy, yeah, Superman, the guys fighting like Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know
0: that wow, that's like the town he comes from. The planet, it's got yeah. some kind of Jewish... Yeah, you land
1: in Cleveland, and it's like there's a big Clark Kent exhibit at the. At the and uh, there's Jewish the oh, wow. They
0: were going after yeah. the Nazis in the Klan oh, with the comics. You know yeah, Raymond was at first. <laughs> yeah, man, and Howard
1: the Duck was set in Cleveland. That too. Yeah, he's a Cleveland guy. Mm-hmm. Howard, the Duck. you know Howard the Duck. Dolomite was uh was uh, got his start. Actually the dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore, he took his uh his routine. There was a, a, a woman, Keldonia Jones, was a woman in Cleveland and he got his routine from her. She was a woman who was like all saying. No, did I think I got dolomite.
0: recording, she turned out to filthy ass yeah. There was a whole club circuit of yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. talking really yeah. fucking heavy.
1: Yeah. And you know, also you know look-
0: how Lenny Bruce had to deal with all mm, the yeah. second uh-huh. black clubs, they were doing this for all years. All the time,
1: man, all the time. <laughs> and then he, and then Dolomite came to LA and he was doing this stuff where he'd sell it his records under the the, the the counters and stuff like that. And then people started buying that shit and he started doing the Dolomite thing. But the funny thing is, so Dolomite was also near the end of his life, he spent a lot of time in Cleveland too. And also, he was influenced by LaWanda Page, who did On Esther on Sanford and Son, right, who was also yeah, from yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. She was another Cleveland lady. Okay. And uh, so, anyways, but he came to Cleveland and he'd be like, he'd be talking and it was like, he was not at all like, the pimp guy. It was like people think I'm this pimp guy, and he was like this guy who just like he thought it was a character. So he'd always. So when he come to Cleveland, he had me go pimping with him. He goes, "Hey man, and like we gotta go pimping, but you gotta get dressed up, you know." So we go pimping, and we'd go to these places, and he'd just be sitting there like drinking this moe, you know. They bring in his bob, but he would barely drinking it. He don't because I gotta drink this shit. I don't even drink. But I gotta drink this shit just to keep the appearances uh, up. Otherwise, if uh, I don't, they'll be business. laughing at me. You know, it'd be kind of one of these things where he pours it and then like dumps the glass. Uh, you know. But the funny thing is, you realize it was like all such a routine, and people became, took this shit seriously. You know, like you said about the one time the guy in the mirror was the guy in the mirror and the showbiz. What's that story?
0: That was the Romantics. And the, in, in the downstairs of the Gore, I had something called Pop Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two clubs. Yeah. One for the big acts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was in
1: Cleveland. Was that in Cleveland? You, yeah. <laughs> it
0: was in Red Leather. Yeah, I saw it another time out with Tito of the Tarantulas. Well, it was the plugs first. He was Tarantula by this time, and you know I'm coming in the baño. I'm in the head. I'm not spying on dudes, but they're in the beer fixing up their thing. and They see you in the thing. It was like, "Who? Was that Showbiz?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big DA. I think they're back. Yeah. some Yeah.
1: But you know, I think Showbiz is a good is a good. There's a good thing about Showbiz. Yeah, of, course. of course. Is that. The good thing about showbiz... And what I always... I find it like what is... In some ways, uh, it's hard to grasp, but there is this cult of yeah, authenticity.
0: There's no people like show people. No, people that <laughs> no of course not. <laughs> but what is currently hard
1: to grasp is this kind of authenticity thing. It's like oh, the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's the biggest marketing keep bullshit. Trying to keep it real, bullshit. What is keeping it real anyway? Oh, you know I North don't know East- what real is. I do
0: that Northeast Bayou that John Fogarty's born on. It's about yeah, yeah, eighteen hundred yeah. miles northwest. Yeah, I mean, what is that all about? New Orleans, it's pop art. Transcend in reality. Yeah. That's what it's for. Can you imagine the first cave painting? Yeah. And the guy saying to his buddy, "What do you see?" What is was a guy like chromium zinc cake. No man, it's a buffalo and I'm throwing yeah. a
1: at it. And, <laughs> see, my, oh, me wow. and my brother, me and my brother, we were like, "You know what's
0: real though?" Now, get, what is I real? It and is and it. Analyze uh. the, the atoms and the.
1: Yeah, it's
0: crazy. Oh, you 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 you, you uh, gather the provenance. Yeah. Of the, you know, it's like, like fucking jive.
1: My see, my parents grew up very. They're very poor. And they they had a very, very, very hard life. I mean, very difficult. So then me and my brother, we came here. They came to America with nothing. They really did. They say, oh, we came with nothing. They did come with nothing. And they wanted us to become responsible, like serious people. Yeah. You know? And then my brother and me, we were like, I was like a Dadaist already in the womb. Because it's like, we were born in this, oh my God, these people are serious, in this reality. Everyone, all the people are so hardcore about reality. Oh, you need to work hard. So me and my brother, we just became like just surrealists. Not even we we're trying to be in an aesthetic way. We we're just no, like, oh, them. we don't want this reality. The reality sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we want we want the fake. Mm-hmm. We don't want the real. No, the what real. I
0: want right now is the collab between you and brother Matt to spin site. <laughs> but dude, I can't even play this guitar. It's like five
2: Diver's doctrine go away. <laughs>
0: Bong, bong. Bong, 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 bong. <laughs> Brother Matt, thank you so much for doing what you just did to us.
5: Yeah, thank you. Why? Thank you for us, James. And I hope you were up yeah. a lot louder in the mix than I was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> inspiration, motivation, urgency well, to do what you just did to us. Well, I was trying to get something for some open G tuning um, since we were kind of limited on there. And, Brother and Matt's start got a with guitar some, uh, sitting around here and some, it is tuned open string five. We're yeah. talking five string open. In, which so I finished. should have
1: been playing on the did. open G, like just moving it up like that, huh? It could give you a slide a um, capo. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. We had to cliche. You were uh, in the
0: moment. How'd you feel about collaborating with Brother Matt?
1: I'd love watching him do what he does. <laughs>
0: what I, lo- I enjoyed what you, watching Matt? him do what he does more <laughs> than listening to, have to hear him hearing back what I was doing. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> first time ever on a five
1: string open tune. i never played on a five string uh, open tune G. <laughs> Well, that's why we had you
0: aboard. <laughs> oh, wet and drenched yeah, in that kind of zone.
1: So wait a second. So how many projects do you have now?
0: I got a buttload.
1: Like how many? A boatload?
0: Um, well, as far as recording this year, 2018, I turned 60 two months ago. So I wanted 2018 to be the year of composing and recording. So no touring for me this year. So, of course, there's my three trios. They all need an album. And then there's those other projects that are just more... Like recording things, like big, another big walnuts yonder, another sock tight. Uh, in fact, 2018 record store day is going to be a sock tight EP. But then, we-
1: so I had like about 20 more. songs I was going to, I was going to send you via the internet. So you're not going to be able to have time for that, huh?
0: I would love to play on your stuff. I would love. I was invited, dude. You know to what Street I want to Apple do? stuff. I think on the second, album. yeah. Right? It never came to be, dude. Yeah,
1: I wanted. I wanted. I was. Like, you know, I. I don't know if you play it. Like, I go, man. I'd like to do a really overloaded kind of like primitive sounding record. I don't know if it's something you'd be interested in.
0: Sure. Tomorrow, I go to the desert to make a album with uh, Larry. Yeah, guy like did the last two years. Of like caveman,
1: history. not even caveman rock, but just really primitive, like very very basic. I did elements. a
0: Christmas record for Tav Falco last summer in Memphis, yeah. and I played a beetle bass. I got a beetle bass from China, Hofner, and I played pretty. It sounded good? I played pretty of pretty primitive. I remember I did a, a session last November with Jim Kelvin, and he played, he, he pointed to up on the neck of my bass guitar, the the higher frets. Yeah. He said, upper register. And then he put, pointed to where the strings, low strings are, way up there by the nut. Yeah. he said, cash register. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, we're at the end of the second hour.
0: February 4th, 2018 this of Peter Show special guest John Peck of his brother Matt <laughs> let's hold tight for hour three Dude. February 4th 2018 okay, it's the third hour of the lot from Pedro to me Shall we start the third hour off with Now It's Your Tomb, To Be a Martyr, Death of Samantha, uh, Alberto Bocci- Boccardi and the Stefano but with Best Dead, Part 1, brand new, DMF with Nuts, David Gerard and Windbent, they're out of Massachusetts, Part 2 of Travel Log. Flying Hair with Phase 2, they're from down here in SoCal, and finally, Harlequin Tra- Tragedy, by Death of Samantha. I you know, Harlequin tragedy. That's kind of a streets. Yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking of? I don't know. Pavarani? Dude,
1: I don't know. I don't I don't remember <laughs> dude, I don't remember any I mean I have it's a, a bad memory.
0: Oh! <laughs> <It's> got,
1: <laughs> no, because of the Is guy was the Harlequin though? Huh?
0: What's, what's his name? Puccini? Uh, what made the opera? Yeah, yeah. some sad.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I have no idea, but <laughs> okay. I mean but you know what Do you think
0: about a lot That's your first band right
1: The first band So yeah, that's right. where
0: You were first writing songs
1: Yeah Yeah I met Doug I met him Man, at a, the m-
0: band I wrote First for was Reactionaries And them songs Are so embarrassing Yeah I, I, I put Death of Samantha Songs about 100,000 times Really like, Oh yeah
1: Well dude I met Doug I met Doug uh, The guitar player I met him at a uh, Oh
0: the, he's playing with Bob now
1: Yeah we, I know We him- just played here About two months yeah. ago and I met him at an amusement is, park.
0: The guy is playing really good Oh, my days. God. Yeah.
1: Doug is an amazing guitar player, man. I mean, he... Dude, he's I've insane. seen Guy By
0: Voices a few times with Doug, and man, he is, he's,
1: he's... He's an amazing he's guitar really, player.
0: An amazing uh, in guitar. fact, I wrote him right after. And also the... Uh, Bob, and also the bass man and the drumming, everybody, they had a new guy on the other guitar. Kind of a beardo guy that they didn't have. Yeah. Uh, but, man, the yeah. band was cooking. Yeah. I haven't seen that band so hot. And I think a lot of it is Doug. I mean, Doug is just way on his game.
1: He's, yeah, he's an amazing guitar player.
0: Wow, and I, and I've heard some of his Doug Gillard stuff.
1: He's great. He's really talented. You know, the thing is, it's weird. Like, so where'd
0: you meet him?
3: You met at him at an amusement
1: him. park. I mean He was at a high school. He was like in high school. I met as we happened to meet at an amusement park. We both our schools. We went with our schools. We had to go, and neither of us wanted to be there. Yeah, and like we just right. like I think met him, like by a hot dog stand or something like that, and yeah. started talking. I'm like, oh man, I'm like oh, this sucks. Yeah, this sucks too. They're like, oh, what do you do? You play music, and you can tell. You know, the funny thing is, people say, um, they call that term gaydar, Mm -hmm. but you know... With us, hey, you know. with music, you know, Gator, you could hey, tell. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you're gay. I could tell you. I could tell you're into music. I could always. I could just I tell. Funny, I could tell. You know, I could tell that someone was into music. You know what I
0: okay, mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: You could tell right away. That's and I could just, just hear,
0: haircut. It's just could,
1: it was just something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, for instance, I knew that the second edition Public Image Limited album was going to be good. And I just thought about wow, it's going to be a good record. I bought it, and I really liked that record. I could tell certain was things. The
0: second one, the can.
1: Second edition was the can, but it was also the the, the, the great one. Fucking great That's record. that got the pop tones. Yeah, right, right. Big
0: bass and good drum yeah, yeah. groups. Yeah, yeah. Bass. And I story. did an interview with Jaw Wobble. I think he's the bass man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He told yeah. me he's on some of the drums.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he did. He drums. said
0: even Johnny Rotten played some really? of the drums. Yeah, I thought it was all Martin Atkins, right? Yeah. Because they got rid of the gym guy. Yeah, yeah. He told me the first album guy. They some something happened, so. But he said he's on some of the drums. Yeah.
1: But I thought know, it
0: was that is a great album.
1: It's a great album. Well, but you know, but I could was tell 3, right away.
0: But you know, then but then you could tell like yeah. you know, and the weird thing is Oh the, Go ahead. There was a Doug Gillard solo band that had Tony on bass. Really? They came out here. It was a trio. I don't know. It lasted only a little time.
1: Yeah, Doug is so good. But man, it's like you know, the thing is it's interesting. You look at like uh, because we, everyone can be friends with everyone that has a similar specific tastes, Yeah. now you can meet on Facebook and all this other stuff. Oh, you're into this. You're into the same 100 bands. I am in Death of Samantha, Doug, I could just tell he was into music. I didn't even know what he was into, but I could yeah. tell I wanted to play with this guy. Dave James, the bass player, he just did these little fanzines and all stuff. And I was like, oh man, this guy's really into music. Yeah. And then the drummer, he he didn't know anything about any of the music. He knew Elvis and the Beatles. He didn't give a shit about underground music. I remember a dozen man that played with Gun Club and uh Jeffrey Lee Pierce. He goes and Steve O was trying to ingratiate himself to like to, to these different bands. Oh I'm oh I've always been a big fan of gun control. He thought the band was called Gun Control. He had no idea what the gun club was. And Jerry Lee Pierce was like, Who is this
0: asshole? He had Ward Dotson on the show. And Jeffrey actually got him to play that stuff. He was oh, yeah? New too. Yeah. It blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Oh man, I, I first knew about Jeffrey from his writing. Yeah. He was a writer. For Slash, he was, right? He was ranking Jeffrey Lee Pierce.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, a no, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: He was cool, people. But man, I, I love, about dude,
1: it. It. So that's made the play with the gun club, and then yeah. we ended up drinking their vodka, me and Steve-O drank their vodka, oh, he was really pissed, but then yeah. they got another bottle of vodka, and he was like, then, I, then he really loved us, he's yeah. like, man, you guys, he thought that we had the cool, that we had the balls to drink their vodka, <laughs> you know, and uh, me and the guy, we kept on talking. We drank like me and Steve I drank all their vodka. We kept on talking. He goes, man their I, I respect band? this guy. Uh that would have been Kid Congo.
0: Kid Congo. Yeah, yeah. Great cat. He's got a band now called Monkey Birds. Yeah. Monkey Birds.
1: And the thing is, it's funny, it's like like that in that band, what I'm saying is we were just like music and you could tell, but you didn't know we weren't like, Oh, oh, you know every Bauhaus record or you know every uh you know, you know every cramps record. No, I Yeah. And now, like, all these, that's, that's the like thing. Jim
0: O'Rourke. When you go up to Jim O'Rourke, it'll, it'll be some question like this: a second Faust album or third? That's going to defi- define your character. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but
1: see, that's kind of, that's why, in some ways, I think it's like the music, it's got to be a, an aesthetic rather than to know you're not collecting stamps. You know, actually, if you were collecting stamps, It'd be more interesting because there's a lot of history revised it. Collecting the second or the third, or debating what record is, it's just kind of dumb, right?
0: No, it's what kind of person you are. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Because I've always thought, oh wow, first Faustel. Do you know? Oh, which and if, if people, I've always found that if you ask people, oh wow, what do you think about this? And if they give you the right answer, I go, I don't want to have nothing to do with this person. Yeah. I'd rather talk to someone that don't know shit about whatever they are talking about and just has some
0: crazy, yeah. Oh, o big time that way with the Magic Band. Yeah. You know, the tragic band. Stay away from moonbeams and blue teams, Yeah. you know. <laughs> like, that band. You like That Oh, you're one of them. But I heard about a gig that the captain did in Akron. Yeah. And everyone was there. Mark Mothersbaugh told me about this. Oh, really? There was this club. I don't know what it was called, but everybody. You were talking about the two scenes? Yeah. They were at this gig. Yeah. And it was the captain. I think it was Doc. Or it might have been Shiny Beast. One of the last tours. Yeah. And, like, everybody came. Turned into
1: bands. It's weird. Cleveland was like, and Akron in general, it was like, you know, for instance, um, you look at like Roxy Music, they were, uh, you know what would say, arena rock. Roxy Music was an arena rock
0: band. Yeah.
1: You know, David Bowie was an arena rock band. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's all these things like, that are like, the things of music that was, that was very popular. The Stooges were very popular in Cleveland. Yeah, the Velvet Underground was very popular. Right. So that's why when people say, "Oh, you know, I didn't even know what to me popular was," not a bad thing because a lot of cool stuff was popular. Growing up as a kid, I go, "Oh man, I hear this band, you know, like a, you know, really good." You know what I mean? Sticks. It's not, I don't know about Sticks. Sticks. I never, I never saw those guys. But you know what? The funny thing is, Sticks was playing some casino, and I go, "Man, you know, I should just break down and see some of this shit rock." You know what I mean? Like see what it's really like. Maybe it'd be great. Maybe it'd be like it'd be like maybe these guys are just like it'd be right now. It'd be great to see something like that. You know what I
0: mean? (laughs) Okay. We're gonna hear some sad plans. All right. for Pedro Show, Last Music for this edition, City Ghosts from Sad Planets, Rest for the Wicked, Isotope 217, The Mesthetics, that's a new band with Joe Lolly and uh, Brendan from uh, Fugazi, Serpent Tongue, Super Freak after that, out of Milano, Jesus, and finally, Death of Samantha with Geisha Girl. Hey, you, what are people writing about? I don't about
1: even games? know. You know what you were saying about Sticks? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought about this. Styx is a geographical place, right? It's a river it's in hell, river right?
0: river
1: in hell. <laughs> and I was thinking, you gotta it's, pay the and you're talking band, about all those bands. How about this? There was Styx, yeah. Kansas, another geographical entity yeah. band that sucked. John
0: Brown was on the cover.
1: Yeah, Kansas. That band sucked, too. How about <laughs> Asia?
0: Yeah. How about there's Oh, band- wow, that's England. Uh, John Wet.
1: But they suck, too. Oh, it was
0: going to be Greg Lake, but he was oh, too fat. Uh. What about
1: Europe? That was another shitty band named at a Ge- geographical entity. There's a band called... Yeah, in fact, I played Toronto. The the There's drummer, a band called Toronto that I sucked, too. I played a
0: band last year at a Benefit, the drummer of Jawbox, a jawbreaker, and mm. it was called California. I said, why he you call it big?"
1: Yeah, why would you call it after a geographical entity? Maybe if it's a fake geographic entity, that's fine. You know what I mean? A if it's one man. in your mind, again, it gets back to the authenticity. Yeah, if you I can create that. a fake place, that's more than a, that's more than interesting than the real place. But I think the
0: real name of Joy Division was Fashawn. Uh,
1: Warsaw, right? Yeah, Warsaw. But like, uh, yeah, man, like Asia, Kansas, Styx There's all these bands. They were like Boston, chi- Boston, another shitty <laughs> band, dude. There's not any <gasps> good, you know. That's why I'm glad the death metal we didn't call it Parma, you know what I mean? <laughs> there was a band called Cleveland though. There was a band and they sucked too. It's like, fuck man, every even a was band Blood named... Rock, Ohio? Huh? Bloodrock. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no? no, yeah, I think they were. They were. I think
0: they were. They were tough. They were yeah. trippy for 70s. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you didn't go to 70s uh, concerts. I was a I was too young. That's all right. That's yeah. all right. No wine before it's time. Oh, but dude, what uh, do you got planned next, John?
1: Uh, well, I'm gonna dro- wander around and take some pictures in. Cal- you talking about while I'm here in California? Yeah. I'll, I just. Dropped. Southern California. I'm doing a, um, taking photos. I'm tracking down. I went to like. I, I had this thing where I've been wanting to track down places that were locations in movies. Like I found the apartment block for Long Goodbye. Man, I interviewed. Dude, Rob- go to
0: East LA. Where those bridges go over the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like a ten million movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, but check this out. There was. Uh, Robert Altman. I interviewed Robert Altman. You know the filmmaker, and it was like it's funny. One of the like one of my favorite filmmakers. Sure. And I would write about movies. I write about Except a lot of them. The ones. Popeye, right? Yeah, Popeye, not good. But one of my favorite films was Long Goodbye. What's that
0: good- name about anyway? The pipe was too close. I didn't right? get
1: it. I didn't get the Popeye. Pipe was too
0: close. I think it dried up yeah. the tearduck.
1: But I love Long Goodbye, one of my favorite films. Oh, yeah, of course. I love that movie. And I was like, and I interviewed, I remember interviewing him, and I was like, and he was like, great. He was like, usually, I thought usually the big director goes 10, 15 minutes. He would talk bullshit for like about an hour and a half. or something. like, kept on Spiller. talking. All kind of, total Spieler. And I go, man, man, I love that Long Goodbye. He goes, oh, man, that movie. I couldn't take that movie. I go, why? And it's like, I love that movie. It's one of my, it's one of the greatest films ever. Man, walking up them stairs. Oh. Because he had to walk up them stairs sure. to get to the apartment block. And I was like, I thought he would just pull him. Like, Dude, I ended up, I play, I play basketball every day. And I fucked up my knee. No, there's some hills. Dude, I, it's, a, it's 23 flights of steps. And that's only. I believe it. About three quarters of the way up to the apartment block in the movie. There's a famous picture
0: of uh, Art Pepper. You know, Art Pepper's. Yeah, Sure. In Echo
1: Park, going up one of them hills, it's
0: insane. More intense in the city, uh, San Francisco.
1: I was like holding onto the rail. I was like, "This sucks." I ended up, I fucked up my knee just about like three days ago playing basketball. Before I came out here, I was like, "My God!" It's like I thought. You know what? I don't
0: know if basketball is a less younger man's sport.
1: I play basketball every day. Yeah, but you you know know what? You want to hear about the song? You're a
0: more younger man, but as you become less young, no,
1: I'll tell you. But basketball, basketball to me is a yoga without the spiritual baggage because. (laughs) I go shoot hoops when I'm alone in the gym. I find a gym. I wrote probably on that last tweet I've Probably about uh, three quarters of songs written by playing basketball. Yeah. Words, music, I, I everything. Totally
0: I'm into it. You know when there's this great semantic fight over rehearsal and practice. I practice. Yeah, you tell me, one guy playing basketball. Who goes to rehearse? Yeah. I know.
1: Yeah. Hey, excuse me. We have basketball <laughs> rehearsal tonight. I mean, basketball was like, it was like, that's like the drama club does the rehearsal, right? But then when people start saying, we need a rehearsal. It's like, what are we right? you know, do well, I need to wear great. a tuxedo too? Yeah, that's you breaking I mean? the
0: arm, patting the cell phone. And what is that all about? A giant. but It's see, self-entitled. It's, it's trying to like get away without having to do any work. Get yeah. Up with the craft. Come up with a tune. Yeah. Come up with a melody. Come up with a rhythm. Yeah. It's all making excuses so you don't have to get to there. Yeah. It's all this, you know. Dude, it's nonsense. Front, front, Do you, front. I
1: find it funny because I always think it's like when people, I know some people, they need, you need to take, I, I've come to like to look at this and it just might sound arrogant. I find that people that take themselves seriously. Yeah. They're, they're very insecure about themselves. That's because why they're taking themselves seriously. You serious. have to take yourself seriously. I like, man, I like, I find it as a, I take most things as a joke to me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what are you, a clown? I'm like.
0: No, there was that Cleveland band. Uh,
1: Dude, the what all sports. There was a band called the all sports. Humor F- me. Who? Humor me. Humor me. I don't know Karubu. that. Band. Oh, 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 yeah. Dude, do you know that there was. And a, he
0: goes, it's just a joke, man. There was and a band. And he goes, laugh like this. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yes, it's it's very. Because do you find it
1: like it's it's insane to think about it? I mean, look, Tom is very good lyric. But you think about it is people take this shit so seriously, and who's to say that? I mean, I don't know, man.
0: Oh, that's right. He goes, "Here's the punchline: you die."
1: Yeah, that's it. Like this, Yeah, yeah, ha
0: ha ha. You know, humor me. Yeah, here, get the get ready for the punchline. Now you die. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's kind of funny. That's kind of the thing is, humor was something that me and my brother we grew up in, it, like I said, we just laughed about everything. Yeah. Everything was a joke to us, you it's know. yeah. band,
0: Rip Rig and Panic, it was named after Roland Kirk's song. It had a couple of the guys from Pop group Yeah. And they had a song when they came out with their big record, uh, you know, what they're going to sound like. And the first song is called Knee Deep in Shit. <laughs> yeah. And a guy says one of the lyrics towards the end. He goes, You know, if Jesus would have laughed when he was crucified. His killer was, would have been petrified. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's knee deep in shit. <laughs> and it's a trippy, the cover. Yeah. yeah. They call the album God. And what they did was take a National Geographic film of a monkey just about to get, get eaten by a leopard. And it's the frame right before the teeth get him. Yeah. So the look in the monkey's eyes, he's looking. Yeah. yeah kind of creative.
1: I work at a newspaper, where, man, and in, in that business, everyone takes themselves very seriously. Yeah, 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 of course. And I don't. I just see it's like it's a joke. This shit's a joke, man. I mean, and we, this news, you know, they say oh, fake news and all this other stuff. Yeah, dude. I mean, you can't take anything seriously. You have to live your life. Mm-hmm. I think now, even you know, people get so worked up, man. It creates like I know it sounds corny, but if you just create something like uh, at work, we have they, they have all these layoffs at the Plain Dealer. And one of the the, the people there, she's like, oh, man, you laugh about everything. You could be like, you could find out that, uh, you know, we're getting layoffs and all this stuff. You don't seem to care. You don't care about anything. I mean, you know, if I was to go to jail, uh, be tried, convicted, and put on a a firing squad, I'd probably be laughing too. And the thing is, is there's this book, this Vladimir Nabokov book, one of my very influential books to me, Invitation to Beheading. A guy is in jail. He walks out of the book. He... He just—the book ends. It falls apart. They're gonna yeah. execute him, and he just decides. You know what? I'm gonna walk out of this book right now, yeah, yeah. and this book's gonna fall apart, and they ain't gonna execute me. Yeah,
0: there's a Edgar Allan Poe, incredible journey of G, uh, G. Gordon Pym. It's like an acronym. Yeah. Acronym of his name, and at the end he goes, "Reader, I can't keep telling you this story. it's yeah. bullshit." Yeah. <laughs> It's like there's you could you do have that power in your yeah. life. You could just walk do, out sometimes. That's the existential thing. At yeah. the end of the day, you get to decide. Yeah, you know, and that's I like why that I mean,
1: people good. are looking for all this spiritualism. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not against that. I understand people find whatever they do. You have you have, you, you but if you really do have uh, uh, the imagination, it sounds corny, you yeah. know. But if you do have a dream, and not like dream like I had. I mean, I just like, dude, I love to take pictures in the desert by myself. And I just love to do that. I just love images. You see, you start realizing with camera, I love to take photos, because you start realizing there's background and there is foreground. We are so obsessed with our eye is for, uh, back, uh, forward, foreground, the main image. But there's also the central, everything around it. B-roll. Why do they call it B-roll in movies? It's like, oh, I'm going to go shoot some B-roll. Actually, the B-roll could be the A-roll because maybe that person, maybe the B-roll is the overwhelming character in this whole thing and the individual is just caught in this little thing. But we call it B-roll because we're so obsessed that we think that we can do all these things. If you almost don't believe in anything, I love one thing I like, Marlon Brando. He renounced acting as some great craft he mocked acting. I I respected that. I was thought, Wow, Marlena Dietrich. But he could
0: have been a somebody.
1: He could have been, but but, it, but with a sense of humor, it wouldn't have mattered. But Marlena Dietrich, I used could to have read been a
0: contender.
1: I used to I love. I read this story about Marlena Dietrich. She'd go on tour and she would put out a live record. And she'd have people come over and everything, and they'd have dinner parties. And they go, Oh, how was your tour? I was like, go, oh, Okay. And she'd take the record. Let me let me tell you how the tour was. She'd go to play the crowd noise in between the songs. Yeah. And she's like, "That was the tour, and it's like it was funny you know uh-huh. she didn 't take herself seriously, you know I think that you have to be like almost it's almost the act of doing it is what's important, not like what you care about what you did you know what I mean I never honestly i don't listen to records when they're done. when I put out a record, fuck it I want to rebel I'm want to throw that record away I mean it's, it's great that you appreciate it people buy it mm-hmm. it's appreciate anyone listen to it it cares, but you just want to go on to the next one you know
0: okay, so that's in the future next one the next For one some pictures.
1: What's that? If
0: that's your next plan. Oh, to take photos. Take, no, take photos. I'm gonna No, I'm going to take
1: photos. I'm going to go right outside in the backyard here, take a picture from the Big Lebowski. Uh, I was in... I oh, Venice. I went to Venice Beach. I took a picture of the building where Marlena Dietrich walks out where she sees Orson Welles in Touch of Evil. It's still there. It's now Surf Shop. It's yes. like some corny, tacky <laughs> surf shop, but it was in Touch of Evil. as the building. You know, So I've been driving all around L.A. taking pictures of buildings and stuff like that.
0: Cool. All right. Get some I'm
1: sorry if I talk too much. I know uh, what. I know you're probably, like, you're probably bumming you. Like, man, this guy's a loudmouth. Get him out of the house. Oh, man. Yeah. No, we like <laughs> guests, Look, the, the guests the whole to talk idea and have something to say. Everybody's
0: <laughs> got their own journey with yeah. music. How many... 16 years we've we been doing this up, huh, mm. Brother Matt. Nobody has the same story. Yeah. No one has the same journey. So we fucking are very grateful for you fucking bringing it. Yeah, yeah. it's cool having you in, Peter. Yeah. Well, John thanks. Pekevich, I love Pedro. you always essential in Brother Matt. Pleasure. John have a good time in Cali before you go back to... Warm Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, three inches of five inches
1: of snow today. <laughs> Character you builder. Yeah. I'm here for about another four days.
0: Okay, have a good time, and we really enjoyed you having a boy. Yeah, great having uh, you.
4: Respect Thank you so with much. the
0: music, even though it's gone. Once you do it, that's okay. Yeah, Make whatever. <laughs> People out there, it's been uh, February fourth, two thousand eighteen. This is Pedro show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.